Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2019 film Little Women. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that there might be plot spoilers. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the bone. Lord have mercy, how she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, badonkadonk. Hey. Little women walking down the street, little women. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I, I didn't have a song prepared. I couldn't think of anything. I had one thing that I briefly thought of just now that I did not even finish. Um, that that's as far as I got. It is too hot to think. Have you have you found that? Is it very it's hot true. where you are as well? It is very hot. Yeah, which has led to all of my neighbours being outside and making a shitload of noise. So I've had to close the windows. So I'm oh recording dear. this in a hot room. Bullshit. I I've kept my. But also means I can talk shit about my neighbours. So. Oi, Paddy's neighbours, you're well rubbish. Yeah, fuck off. I'm sure none of them <laughs> listen to this show anyway. That's what <laughs> you Apart from all the gonna... ones who have seen me on next door with my fake name. <laughs> they're gonna um they're gonna get a knock on the door uh next uh, next Friday when the episode airs. Be like, excuse me, we 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 diligently listen to your show and we are very disappointed that you feel this way about us. Yeah. I'm very upset that you told me to fuck off on your show. All I was doing was breaching social distancing guidelines by having a bunch of people over and playing like Drake tracks over and over really loud in my garden while you were trying to do a work call at 3pm. You know, that's fine. Are you not a patriot? <laughs> do you not care for the future of this nation? Yeah. And honestly, I don't. Do you want to know what, um, what fake name I chose on Nextdoor? Uh, what is your fake name? It's Vladimir Guerrero, who is, of oh. course, a classic baseball player. And his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., now plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I have his name on the back of my shirt. So if anyone's seen me walking around with that shirt on, they might make the connection. So it's a little Easter egg, but I doubt anyone's worked it out or that anyone has noticed that I'm even on there because I haven't posted anything. I'm just enjoying the daily email updates, which I send you sometimes if they're good. As there was one the other day that just said, where is my red hat? <laughs> I did thoroughly appreciate that. Today's one was quite good, actually. It said, has anyone lost a tortoise? Because one just walked into my house. Oh, amazing. Which made me think I'd actually quite like a tortoise. I uh, We used to have a tortoise. Did you? Um, yeah, my brother had a pet tortoise when I was younger that he then gave away when he went to university. Um, uh. It was an unbelievably bad-tempered creature. Uh, surprisingly really? fast as well. They move faster than you think they would. Um, it was called Percy. And I Good occasionally name. wonder where Percy is now, uh, to paraphrase. With you say that as if he escaped. <laughs> <laughs> he was given away to somebody else. He he will have out he will outlive me because tortoises live a long time, as long as he doesn't die or get involved in some kind of murder suicide <laughs> packs with another tortoise, which I think is where his life is going. Um He'll outlive me as long as he doesn't die. 
<laughs> wow, yeah. It's, uh, it's saying a little bit of the obvious there, but it's too hot to think properly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too hot today. If anyone ever, ever anyone says that, I always think of that clip from The Simpsons. Oh, it's too hot today. I can't even remember what the context is. It's just a man saying it's too hot today. <laughs> it's, but it's also the... along those lines, every time I hear the American national anthem in any context ever, and I've literally never been able to shake this any time I've ever heard it, all I hear is Krusty the Clown drunk going, Oh, say, can you see? Blah, la, 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 like... <laughs> Amazing. Can't get it out of my head. Um, yeah, it. that is from the episode where it's it's Krusty's Cayman Island lawyer. Yep. Cayman Islands Offshore Holding Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good times. I'm th- yeah, I think we should probably set something up in the Cayman Islands with this podcast. I've been meaning to sort that out for a while, actually. The whole, you know... Um, doing something outrageously to avoid tax. I feel like we're successful enough now with this podcast that we might be at that stage. I think so. Yeah, we need to make sure that none of our money goes to um goes to any of those pesky NHS. pesky tax things like the NHS or saving people's lives or roads or anything yeah. like that. It's just such a burden having roads and schools and stuff. I mean, d- dear God, what if some of it goes to the arts, the dreaded arts? I don't know how... Nah, I don't know how that's a waste of time. We don't need that. Totally unnecessary. Yeah. It doesn't help the economy. Superfluous garbage. Who who needs leading industries? Ridiculous. Nah, um, so, nothing. speaking of the arts, we watched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I don't know why we did it, because as we just said, you know, movies are rubbish. But movies are rubbish. I just like, We're not giving any money to you. I just like looking through tax avoidance schemes. That is my... That's how I find enjoyment at the moment. Um, that's what gets me going. But we did watch a movie, Little Women, the, the biopic of the band Little Mix. It was interesting. I didn't yes. realise that they were sisters and had such a troubled uh, life back in the 19th century. Um, yeah, and then one of them died. Yeah, I didn't know. I that. had no idea. I hadn't seen all the RIP tweets. Yeah, I had no idea. But I'm glad that we have Little Mix here to to bring us joy in spite of their hardships. Yeah. it's a very good story. Um, you know, I thought if if there was one woman out there who can tell the story of how Little Mix came to eventually write their extreme banger power, it is Greta Gerwig. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> incidentally, do you like that song? I, I, I have time for Little Mix. I low key love that song. It's an absolute banger. <laughs> it starts with like a motorbike revving up and has the guitar riff. It's great. And then at the end, it ends with them going motorbike, bike, 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 whoop. And then it ends, <laughs> which is one of the best endings to a song ever. I, I will forever have time for Little Mix because, um, because of the the woman from Little Mix trying to do a Jamaican accent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is one of my favourite videos. Whenever I feel down, um, that is that is what I can turn to to cheer me up. It's that and then the He-Man um, What's Going On video are the only two things oh, yeah. that always make me happy. Um, 
where uh, what hey yeah, yeah. yeah and and so actually I, I don't know if you've noticed but our little whatsapp group um for we're, for our gaming yeah. sun, our sunday gaming church our, our sunday gaming church um us two and one of our other friends i'm not sure if he'd like to be named so we, we won't um unless we decide we. Have let's to. just say that i used to do a podcast with him before i did this show yes and he was a really unreliable podcast partner <laughs> we'll call him uh r sherman <laughs> no that's too obvious we'll call him rob yeah. s um, <laughs> um <laughs> robbins herman so 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 we um we we get together every sunday um and we play a little bit of Stardew Valley. So we do some we do some farming, we do some adventuring, we aggressively talk to everybody in the town, I rifle through people's bins. <laughs> it's a really pleasant experience for all of us. Um but the It's wonderful. But the uh, the picture that I have on our WhatsApp group for that is of um Jesse from Little Mix uh, attempting a Jamaican accent. Um and it's it's one of my favourite things. <laughs> it's a very good picture. I, I did notice that, and I appreciated it. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, although we jest, Little Mix do not have any involvement in Little Women, either the original novel or this <laughs> most recent screen adaptation. Unfortunately not, but the music in this film is quite good, I thought. I enjoyed the score. I thought it brought a lot to the film and hit sort of hit the nail on the head in terms of providing music that was appropriate for the time period in which it was set whilst also feeling contemporary. It was okay. I and I, I and I think they kind of typified how I felt about the film overall which was there's a competency that unfortunately I don't think translates into a fully enjoyable end experience. Um, oh my god, it's so competent. It's so competent. It is a very competent film. It's very well directed, generally well acted, um, and it's good. If you were to try and fit this film into some kind of civil service framework, it would fucking nail it. Would it would be an amazing civil service. It would be there for like three decades, no complaints, incredibly efficient. But as a piece of exciting or joyful or emotional cinema... I found it a little bit wanting, which I'm very disappointed in because I, w- I was very excited to watch this. I'd heard lots of great things. But in the end, I found that it was not as bold and not as interesting as I thought it was meant to be based on what I'd read about it. And instead, it feels like... Do you think that might be to do with the hu- the hype around it rather than perhaps the film itself? Do you think, do you think if you'd gone into it with more of an open mind, you think, oh, there's a new adaptation of Little Women, whatever, let's, let's check it out, you might have been, you know, was it to do with, more to do with your expectations? I so I think, think it's partly to do with the expectations, but equally I feel like we're now past the point where you can make a straightforward adaptation of a novel and not do much interesting with it. And and there's some deviations here. So obviously the time frame jumps, time time skips back and forth um, is the big change here, along with a little bit of more on-the-nose feminist narrative, um, where they add a little bit more of yeah. that, which I think kind of works, kind of doesn't. Um, in a way, I feel it, you know, there, there's, there's better articles about it um, uh, than... than than what I'll be able to say here, um, but go look about the, the complicated reaction people have had to the to the stronger feminist message in this film, not from MRA trolls, but from 
genuine thoughtful film critics um actual women. <laughs> actual women yes exactly um and 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 you know very articulate uh film theorists who have been able to 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 convey it in a strong way but i think it's a little bit mixed in the way it does that and equally i feel as though the other bold decision they made was um you know that 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 time skip which equally i think doesn't work um i watched it with my wife my wife my wife has read the book (laughs) who has read the book and she was very irritated by that and i think she couldn't fully engage with it for that exactly that reason whereas to me i have not read the book i knew nothing of the story before not seen any previous adaptations i quite i quite enjoyed it i found it thoroughly engrossing and a great story and i thought the performances were great and i i thought it was really enjoyable and i thought the time skipping worked although it was it sort of felt quite cheesy at the end when you're watching a like a book being printed or whatever and it's like yeah do we need that but you need to see that the sisters are doing it for themselves standing on their own two feet which is true um but as as you say we are now at the point where you can't just do a straight forward adaptation and had this film then ended with all three of them doing a cover of or four four of them sorry doing a cover oh no because one died yeah three of them <laughs> you doing could, you a could cover have of that of song it would just be a bit awkward <clears throat> she could she could appear as a force ghost <laughs> yeah, exactly um and to sing that song it would have been improved similarly had this been told story been told through the music of Carly Rae Jepsen, it would have been improved. Or through the music of Little Mix, as suggested. That well, would yes. have been the obvious choice, and I'm very disappointed I didn't go down that route. But And I genuinely would like to see an adaptation of that film of sorry, of Little Women that does do that. I mean, it's a different kind of thing in, in that sort of Marie Antoinette adaptation that we talk, talked about before, but better. I really want more films like this. Now that you've said that, I, I enjoyed this adaptation of Little Women. I did actually think it was really good. But now that you've said that, I just want every film to be, to do that kind of wild thing of, that Marie Antoinette did and to do it better. Yeah, and I I was watching this and I was thinking back to two movies. One of them... The Room. One of them, The Room. Always thinking about The Room. Uh, one of them was Crimson Peak, which mm, took a lot yes. of story notes from Joe's story. Um... up to a certain extent um and i was thinking about how vibrant and glowing and then how harsh and foreboding the different environments looked in that film and i was thinking little women looks good but it it doesn't evoke that same emotional reaction just in terms of its cinematography and the other film i was thinking of was the recent emma adaptation which again Mm. was absolutely gorgeous to look at the way that it was filmed um so beautiful as a film and i don't think little women had the same thing and you know it is a slightly different story it's much less um as as a kind of light-hearted story um there's 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 much more drama it's almost more of a a a telling of someone's life and 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 obviously you know the whole thing is about their upbringing but equally does this movie do anything differently from the earlier adaptations um you know i think what this tells us is that you prefer british regency bullshit to american civil war bullshit but either way it's (laughs) bullshit Uh, well either way it is bullshit that is correct i don't necessarily prefer one to the other but what i do think is does this movie do anything better than the 90s version with winona Ryder in i don't think it does does it have you seen that Yes, doesn't necessarily do anything better than the very recent BBC adaptation 
um, with Uma Thurman's daughter, who plays. Um, oh, you know, um, she's in the one who's in Stranger Things. Yes, the one who's in Stranger Things. I've forgotten her name. Um, uh, uh, Maya Hawk. Maya Hawk. Yeah, because um, Ethan Hawke's her dad. Yes, because she's the coolest uh, celebrity child ever. She's very cool. Um, and there's that whole thing. She works with Steve in the ice cream parlor, and she's the brains of the operation. Yeah. Yes, so so Love they didn't they did an adaptation of Little Women with her in very very recently. It was only a couple of years ago. Is this version necessarily much better than that? Not really. And that was for television. And a lot of it comes down to: Is this film bold enough? Is it making those really strong decisions? Is it having that same sense of trying to do something different that Marie Antoinette did, that Emma did, and it isn't? All it's doing is chopping up the plotline and and. For me, it doesn't work because Little Women is a story where you're seeing these people grow up. And I think it needs that chronological storytelling, which I I imagine is probably what your wife said as well, (laughs) is it needs that chronology. You need to grow with them. You need to understand where they've come from. Whereas here, you know, your first introduction to Timothy Chalamet's Laurie is, oh, he's a petulant drunk. And he never grows up. Because he's he's going to be trapped in that skinny young man's body forever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, And not that I'm jealous. And and equally, you almost feel as though, well, for for me at least, by by doing it that way, it didn't necessarily allow you to have that same kind of emotional growth and that understanding of these people's characters as you would have done if you were seeing them from a younger age, growing into adulthood, which is which is what the original story is meant to meant to do. Um, so so. That wasn't a decision. I, I went into this movie relatively blind, apart from knowing everybody loved it. I didn't want to read too much about it because I thought, mm, you know what, let's let let's take it as it comes and let's try and have at least some uh, some surprises from this adaptation of a work that's been done time and time again. Um, and so I didn't know that they did the, the the time skip element, which for me at least I wasn't keen on and i'd be really interested for you to go back and watch the previous versions and see what you think and and how it compares for you yeah see with with the other versions are they all um linear yes yeah right okay i just wonder if you know greta gerwig looked at it and said well how can i do something different without actually doing something that's really out there and that was a sort of cinematic device that came to mind what do you think Maybe, but it's a really boring way to go out there. People do that kind of shit all the time in their films, and it very rarely works. Yeah, I remember um, Star Wars. Jesus. <laughs> well, imagine if they'd done. Imagine if they'd done Star Wars, right? Someone decided they wanted to remake Star Wars, and one day they're going to remake <laughs> Star Wars. It's going to happen. It's going to be terrible. Someone um, decided that they were going to crowdfund a remake of the Last Jedi to remake it how the fans wanted it. And then they're going to post on Reddit for legal advice about how they can. Yes, exactly. Um, but imagine, imagine if they remade the original Star Wars, and the first thing that happened was Luke Skywalker getting his medal at the end. The scene yeah. after that <laughs> is his parent, uh, his 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 aunt and uncle dying. The scene after that is them fucking about with Chewbacca in the desert you know, in the bar. After that, Obi-Wan dies. There's a reason why we tell stories in a specific way. And it's very different telling a story where you're writing it from the perspective of having those time skips versus adapting a previous work and shoehorning it into that kind of gimmick. 
Yeah. Because at first I thought it was just going to be a framing device. Because my wife, she was initially clearly extremely confused. And she was like, why is this happening? What's going on? And then it's like, oh, it's like they're doing the end of this. So fine. But then, yeah, it kept skipping back and forth. And even though I really enjoyed it, the skipping did also annoy me as well. Mainly just because it was kind of hard to tell when it was different. Even though, obviously, they made, they went to great lengths to make the characters look different and whatever. And it was fine, but it was still a little bit hard to tell. And I think that was, as you say, more to do with the narrative cohesion than than anything that they did or didn't do visually. Yeah, and... and- I feel that that confusion was particularly true with um, Amy March, so Florence Pugh, who yeah. is very, very young great. Chrono- chronologically. And she, she is the standout of this film, by the way, can I just say. She, she is, is extremely young, and she's been in lots of films. She, she's brilliant in this. Easily the best performance in the film. I really love her in this. Um, and I, I think I said before, she's going to get an Oscar at some point, m- probably pretty soon, because she's she's taking interesting roles she's doing them incredibly well you know just keep going with it um but the difficulty is that she's got a relatively deep voice and it was quite hard to think of her as being around i think she's meant to be like 11 at the beginning of little women yeah so they couldn't do that that i think as well as to do with them using the same actors for every single bit Yes, which they didn't do in, and sorry to to go back to the 90s version, but they had some really good casting there where Kirsten Dunst played the younger Amy March, and then they had Samantha Mathis, a.k.a. Princess Daisy, in oh, yeah. Super Mario Brothers playing the older Amy March, and that, that oh, worked she's very great. well. She's, and yeah, she is really good. Um, Once again, coming back to Mario, because we talked about um, <laughs> John Leguizamo last week, yeah, always, who will always be Luigi to me. It always comes back to Mario. Um, and he is always Luigi to me as well. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and, and that was clever casting and they did it very well. And I, I do wonder because of the decision to make it, you know, non-linear, they couldn't really get around having two actors playing the character because that would have been even more confusing. But instead, did they really do enough to make you understand how immature she is in terms of her, you know, her age. She's supposed to be immature because she's very young. Yeah. And, and she then has that, that emotional development. Whereas when you're watching it here, if you didn't have that, that, that previous context, do you just think, Oh, she's just immature emotionally. Yeah. She's just a dick. Yeah, She's just a bellend. You know, is, is, is that what you end up thinking? Um, yeah. and, and so for me, I think that was another area where they created confusion by having this central, um, this, this sort of central gimmick almost, you know, um, and I don't mean gimmick in a, in a negative way. Um, you know, a lot of things have good gimmicks and, and, and this could have been a good gimmick, but you know, it, it all comes back to, does the story lose cohesion? If you do it this way, does it lose its emotional impact? And for me, at least it did. Yeah. Like the 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 burning of the book is obviously a huge huge event, and my wife was explaining to me that how, how what a huge impact that has when you read it, and it still made us like cry. But I think yeah, it, perhaps you felt like it should have been bigger than it was because again, because of the jumping around, it sort of came upon you, and you're like, okay, this is happening now. But a second ago, we were in New York. Yes, yeah, it's like oh here we are now where are we now 
we're somewhere else. Oh, look, it's Meryl Streep, but here's Meryl Streep again. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's being sassy and hilarious. Yeah, she's being Meryl Streep, isn't she? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was here for Meryl Streep being Meryl Streep. Were you not? It was fine, but I feel like... Did you really? She had the only bits to... that made me actually laugh. Did you? For me, at least. I mean, I love. Not that it's a knockabout comedy, but you know what I mean. I, I was cackling away when Joe's uh, novel got burned, of course, because. <laughs> in, in if there's this... one thing that Rob like, Rob finds fucking hilarious, it's burning books. Yeah. Fahrenheit four five one, funniest shit I've ever seen. I, I'm just there howling reading <laughs> through that. Um, in this house, we stand an Amy March. That's what I'm gonna say. She is the best. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's fine, but I feel as though a lot of a lot of the actors in this movie they allowed you to think of them not just as the actor. Um, some of them weren't successful, and with Meryl Streep, you see Meryl Streep and you think, "Oh, it's Meryl Streep playing X," just because she's such an iconic person. And I feel as though it would have been better to have someone less obvious in that role. It would have been better if when they were going along in that carriage in Paris, she sat there and turned to Florence Pugh and went, I don't want to talk. <laughs> and sang all of the winner takes it all in one take. I mean, really, they should have just cast Cher, shouldn't they? <laughs> that actually would have been amazing. I would have loved Cher in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And said, um, yeah, she stands up and goes, can you see the drums, Fernando? hear the drums um and then she turns around and goes hey it's fernando and it's timothy charmy can you, can you hear the drums friedrich <laughs> yeah that fits that kind of or fits. frederick as she calls him and clearly oh, yeah. it's friedrich because he's a european boy yeah it's weird as well that they cast a frenchman as a very german character yeah. um i'm not sure why they did that it doesn't um, matter. Europe to Americans at the time is all just one 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 homogenous country with a few <laughs> distinct cities in it. I'm, I'm very Paris aware and Rome. A few distinct cities that are full of American and English gentlemen and paintings. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I, I don't. I, I'm very aware that it, it sounds as though I'm really hating on this film. Um, <laughs> it is. It's a. It's a competent movie, but I was bored, and I did feel. I, I spent a lot of the time thinking. I wish I was watching another version of it um no the thing is that i i can't disagree with anything that you're saying and i definitely felt all of those things while i was watching it but i still found it very enjoyable and a very effective film so i guess that's that's how it is yeah and you know it's a very good story there's it's it is it is a really good story little women is fantastic um and so even in this this kind of chopped up form you think it's still a fantastic story yeah it's still a great story even when it's told like this i do feel as though this is probably well of the adaptations i've seen i'm not sure how many more there have been than that i imagine there probably have been but Mm -hmm. this is for me at least it's not as good as the 90s version and that's not just because i stand the 90s and i love you just want everything to be 90s I got love. You just want you. gun boys. If you're, and... if you're a film from the nineties. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll yeah. tell you what I want, what I really, really want. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne. It, to be the nineties again. <laughs> well, that, that too. Um, yeah. It's, 
I, just, I think watching Romeo and Juliet last week ruined you. You can't get it out of your head. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet was just such an assault to all the senses that this just seems dull in comparison. It cast um, a plague on both our houses. <laughs> cast a plague on both my eyeballs. Um, and Not one, both your eyeballs. Both of them. Um, so, yeah... Um, it is good, though. I, I don't want people to think that I don't think this is a good film. It is good, but I I was bored by it because there wasn't enough explosions. And where were the men? <laughs> no gun boys. Where, yeah, where what about to men's? And how she, wrote, she did also write a book cool. called Little Men, didn't she? Yes, which was the sequel. And this is another thing which, which my other half was much more critical of this movie than I was. Um, and she really loves the story and really loves the other adaptations. She also um, read the book? And has read the book. And right. um, for her, at least at the end where it became a school for girls, she was basically saying, this is a load of old wank. Um, <laughs> well, those are exact words. <laughs> yes. Uh, there is literally a sequel novel <laughs> about the boys. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and, and, and she is, you know, she is all about the feminism. Um, you know, it's part of the reason why we get on is she's not one of those people that's like, oh, feminism takes it too far. I can't stand that argument. But I find as though this movie falls into, and I've I've talked about it before on other episodes, it falls into the same issues that um, Mary Queen of Scots fell into, where it's putting forward this this message, which is generally positive about female empowerment, um, but it's doing it in a way which undermines the initial source material whether it is this fantastic novel or the genuine real life history of elizabeth the first and mary queen of scots which is obviously a little bit more heinous than tweaking the events of a book um no i i think it's it's worse to do it with a book because it's a nice cultural artifact fuck history who cares <laughs> who cares about history yeah history. It's bollocks <laughs> People it's, care too much about history. People have this idea of like canonical stuff and that all this stuff happened, whatever. I think fuck around with history. Tell it in a different way. Do what Marie Antoinette did. Sorry to keep coming back to it, but like, because I wouldn't necessarily say that that is a, a good film. It's a really bizarre, twisted shit piece, but it did something different with history and I really appreciate films that do that. But it so I will not be watching Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> but it, yeah, it did not. Um, it did not change it so that Marie Antoinette survived and ran off to live <laughs> happily ever after. Uh, the and spoiler e-cake. alert for spoiler alert for Mary Queen of Scots. They add in a scene where they meet face to face and go, "Oh, it's such a shame that men have forced us not to become allies." And it's like that is so they not. Fuck. They do not obviously related, which might have made it a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but instead, there's it, it, the whole point was the whole point of Elizabeth the First as a historical person is that she was a ruthless, calculating leader. She would not have gone, and she was quite happy to see the back of of, of Mary. She was like, oh, I don't care. And the whole point is that they never met in person. And so, by adding in this scene, it then gives more power to the supposed powerful men behind the scenes of these two incredibly powerful women. And like. How is that an empowering feminist message? Um, and, and and Little Women doesn't do the same. You know, changing it to a girl's school, it's not the same kind of... Um, same kind of veiled... Wait, so issue. it's not a girl's school in the original? No, it, that, that's where... 
Well, that's little that's bullshit then. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that to get the feminist message across. Oh, no. I feel cheated now. Yeah, it's um, yeah, because it's a boys' school um, at the right. end of Little Women, and then eventually, I believe they introduce girls into the school as well. Um, but oh. yeah, it's because <sighs> again, people won't even notice that stuff because it's like just that ending scene of a long shot going through the house and into the garden for them to blow some candles on a cake, so it's all cutesy and nice at the end. There's a the kind of change that is like being very unfaithful to the source material, but that no one would even notice anyway. Yeah, it's... Mm, it's. I just feel as though it's just a little bit... It's all, it's all a little bit unnecessary. And, and some of it, some of it, I think, worked. So, um, so the big speech where she yells about women do this and women don't do that and whatever, and I'm going to not be a woman like that. Is, I'm guessing that's not really in the book. Not, not really. No, um, there's, there's that was the only bit where I could sort of tell that there, there's bits and pieces, and you know that there's this obvious subtext to it. That's the whole point. Is it's the story is telling you that without shouting it at you, um, and and so some, which is good. And so sometimes it works in the film. Um, so I think that where Amy kind of says to Laurie, you know. I don't have the um I don't have the bonus of being able to marry just for true love. That that scene there I thought was very well done and I think you know that that subtext was obviously there in 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 the novel um you know through through um through not just um not just through Amy's story either but also you know through Meg's story where they're trying to set her up with someone um higher in her station so that she has that financial security and then she ends up falling for um uh james norton's character the the tutor john brooke um yeah and so, and so all of that's there but i think just that slightly bigger nudge in the film worked quite well but where it comes down to i don't fucking need no man i'm gonna set i'm gonna set an explosion and walk away looking cool and put on my 19th century sunglasses it just felt a little bit it felt a little bit overbearing for me um and it felt as though you know the the story's already doing that it didn't need to be that heavy-handed with its message to be able to portray it and 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 that's where it kind of fell down for me on a thematic level you wanted it to be just a bit more subtle yeah I i think being a little bit more subtle you know or just to let the story tell itself. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, you know me, I'm not a fan of straight adaptations. I like it when people make changes, but that wasn't necessarily a change. It was just boiling it a little bit so it felt a bit more concentrated, and I don't think it necessarily needed it. Rob does not like a boiled egg. I do. I like a boiled egg. I don't like a hard-boiled egg. Yeah, right. There's the okay. difference. There's the difference. You want it soft boiled. Yeah, I, I want to be able to dunk my soldiers, my my Civil War soldiers. Your Civil War soldiers. <laughs> yeah. You could dunk Bob Odenkirk in there. <laughs> I could, I could. Bob um, Odenkirk from Mr. Show and Better Call Paul and Broken Bad. Yeah, and, yeah. He, he's he's breaking those bads. Um, and, and, and he that's had a, a really, really b- big role in this film. Yeah, and, loads of lines, and that's another thing is that in the original novel, there's much more of a focus on them 
their father being missing and them not knowing what's happened to him and he's gone off to war. Whereas in this, it really, it really was superfluous to the whole thing. And I thought that was a bit strange. It's because well. they don't need no man. They don't need no man. They don't need a father. They don't need this <laughs> loving father in their lives, apparently. And <laughs> and it's not really made into a big deal in, in this film, which I thought, again, was a little bit of a weird decision. Um, and I'm not sure how well that worked either. Um, so yeah, it's just those, it's those little things. It's, it's, it's ever so slight paper cuts that slowly make this not work for me. Whereas the, the central story is good. It's competently directed. Generally the acting is very good, but there's just, it's those little things, those little decisions that I think undermine the overall quality and it needed to be fucking mental like Marie Antoinette to pull off those minor things that it did. Yeah. I want a massive like civil war dance scene of the dad leading some kind of huge dance at the, at a battle and then coming home triumphant from the war to find that his girls have started a pop band and he's livid about it. You know, I want that kind of thing. I want them all turning up wearing Converse and listening to new wave music. Yeah. Instead of a piano, Beth walks in with a massive boombox on, backwards cap, rapping along to the Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we want. <laughs> She's like, yeah, hey, Mr. Lawrence just gave me this. And instead of Mr. Lawrence, it's Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys in that big house. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. He leans out the window and he's like, because you can, can't, you won't. And, you, and she goes, so you don't stop. <laughs> Now I'm just turning this into the like Beastie Boys jukebox musical that I've always wanted to write. That's um, that that that's what we want, really, isn't it? Where's our Beastie Boys movie? Little yeah. little beasties, <laughs> little beasties. <laughs> I would love that. That would be great. I haven't watched the documentary yet. The recent Spike Jonze documentary that came out. Apparently, it's really good. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, I will. I will get on board with that definitely. Yeah. So yeah, this is the thing with these kind of adaptations. We want them to be wild. We want them to be crazy. We want them to be out there. And this wasn't out there enough. But we we said exactly the same thing about Emma, didn't we? But as a point of just a point of comparison, as a literary adaptation, and as you say, being at this point in time where straight adaptations are boring, I still enjoyed this more than Emma. But as you say, I think that's because my tolerance for Regency bullshit is quite low. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed Emma more than this. Um, definitely, definitely. And I think a lot of that comes down not necessarily to enjoying the story more um, because it's a fucking old story. There's no explosions. There's no men being <laughs> turned into robot cops. I do not care. Um, <laughs> you would not buy that for a I dollar. I would not buy that for a dollar. Your move, creep. Your move should have been to introduce a robot cop. <laughs> shooting people in the dick um, <laughs> um turns up to the wedding shoots bob odenkirk in the dick <laughs> yeah, exactly that's what we wanted um but no um i i enjoyed emma more because emma was much more interesting to look at um and it was funnier yeah and it had johnny flynn in it as your dad as my so. dad as my dad johnny flynn um <laughs> and so i do i do feel as though that had more of a heart to it and it was more enjoyable to watch. I, I'm i glad I watched Little Women. 
but I don't know if I'll ever go back to it because I think that if I'm going to watch an adaptation of it again, I'm going to be referring back to the older versions. Yeah, I was. I I did really enjoy it, but I feel like you're from the same point. Yeah, I feel the same. I don't know that I will ever return to it. If it ever happens to be on, like, yeah, fine. It's it's not bad. I would still enjoy watching it, but I'd never seek it out again. But I would, as you say, be interested at some point to check out the ad- the other adaptations and the book to see how they compare. And that, I think, is testament to what a great story it is. Yeah, and I, I'd be really interested to hear what you think as well. Um, I think, yeah. You mean just, like, in general? Just in general. Just tell me what you're thinking about. I'm going to text you at about 11 o'clock and just be like, what you thinking about, Paddy? You, you um, will not get an answer. I will be asleep. <laughs> Um, as soon as we're finished recording, I just go straight to bed. Just go straight to bed, yeah. Um, uh, this is what happens when you have children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go straight to bed. I, I do not have that. I'm up all night. Um, oh, well, actually, I might... You've got a furry child. I might be up for quite a while tonight because I've been given a a, a review code very late notice for it. Oh, are you still working on that? No, this is a very different game. So I finished the other one. Um, I'm now on. Is it Up All Night Simulator? It is not Up All Night Simulator. It is a game called Man Eater. It is not about. It's not Nelly. Fata- oh, here she comes. <laughs> it, it, it is neither a Hall of Oats <laughs> nor a Nelly Furtado Simulator. Unfortunately, both of those would have been great. Watch out, Rob. He's staying up all night. <laughs> Instead, you play as a man-eating shark. I am super <laughs> excited to play it. <laughs> In the sea. In the sea, you you okay. you. The whole point is, it's not a land shark. It's like an open world game, and you. The whole point is to be the best sea based predator in the in the way. Um, so this is everything that Echo the Dolphin couldn't give me. Yeah, imagine Echo the Dolphin if it allowed you to kill people, and that's what you got. Echo the Dolphin makes me want to kill people, so this game <laughs> sounds great. So, Literally, the, the most difficult game I've ever played. Um, it's it's interesting how difficult some of those games were. So a lot a lot of people have been talking about um, the Lion King video game recently. Did you ever play that? No, I don't know that I did. But this is an aside. We also watched the um, photorealistic recent adaptation of the Lion King recently, and I don't know whether we should maybe actually save that to talk about for our podcast. Yeah, let's do that. I, yeah, let's do that. I want okay. to be horrified by. I have thoughts. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to hear your thoughts. But yeah, let's watch. Maybe you pick that for your next choice, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, All right. But they they made a, a a platformer of the Lion King um, to to coincide with the film, um, and it was came out for the SNES and the Mega Drive or the Genesis if you're so inclined, um, and and something really interesting came to light a few years ago. So a lot of people played the game and found that the second level in was ridiculously difficult. Um, and it turns out that there was a reason for that. And it's that uh, the developers would have got a bonus from uh, from the publisher if people couldn't complete it easily. So they had to rent it more times from the video game store. That's incredible so they, and probably happened a lot at the time. I think it definitely did. There's, there's a lot of deliberate unfairness in games 
And yeah, <laughs> it was just fascinating hearing about it where there's this horrible level where you have to sort of jump off monkeys to proceed to the next bit. And it's like all of these really arbitrary puzzles. It's just unbelievably irritating to play. And it was clearly put in just to pad out the runtime to make sure that people couldn't complete it too easily. So they made sure they got their bonus. Um, and I... I, I kind of appreciate it, you know. It's 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 one of those things where people don't talk about is the kind of um, powers that publishers have over specific developers a lot of the time, particularly with old games where the level of criticism over video games was nowhere near what it's like at the moment. People didn't have those same kind of thought processes where, I mean, you remember looking at old video game reviews where it'd just be like, graphics, five, the graphics are good. Yeah. Sound, five, <laughs> the sound is good. Um, <laughs> every review was like that yeah and so obviously things are very different now and it, it's a really i used to subscribe to nintendo official magazine and that was maybe a little bit above that but still more or less that yeah i we used to have nintendo it was it was called nintendo magazine system wasn't it yeah that was what it was called um and yeah so so we had that and and sometimes it would it would be that way and it would it would be sort of like this is great this is this is really good oh, it sounds good and then other times they'd be a little bit more critical um but yeah it's it's fascinating hearing about all of these things from a, an age where that level of journalistic criticism was not around um and I, I, you just want to hear the other war stories that people had of that time and the yeah. kind of pressures they had put on them to make these but games. But also most games at that time were actually really difficult, oh, yeah. especially the platformers. Yeah. yeah, because all of them came back to their roots in arcades where the whole point was you you put in as much unnecessary longevity as you can just to make it hard. And, and it all came from, well, we've got to put more quarters into the machine versus um we've got to make sure that the runtime is good so people get their money's worth when they buy it yeah. for their home console it's yeah it's it's interesting it's interesting um I can't believe capitalism ruined the lion king for everyone <laughs> but um but yeah little women um i don't believe there was a video game adaptation there would be a cool sort of rpg wouldn't it choose choose your woman at the beginning don't choose beth cuz you only get half the game yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You've got to. <laughs> That's very you've morbid. Got to do that. You've got to do that. <laughs> but you do get to play the piano and get a free piano off of Chris Cooper with big facial hair. So that's good. Swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, he was great. Really. He was. Again, great. He was great. Uh, he's a man, so obviously he only gets like a few lines. But I did enjoy him. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, we've made a we've made a few jokes about about that, and I think obviously in a film like this, you've got to prioritize the female characters, though, haven't you? <laughs> you can't. No, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, what about to men's? I was just going to say, what about the men? You can't, you can't. What about the men, little women? Can you? <laughs> you can't spell little women without men. <laughs> you can't spell little women without lit. In this film, yeah. lit men. That's the film that I <laughs> lit, want. Lit men. <laughs> you need, you need yeah. to do an, just a bunch of really cool guys. You need to do an inverse of the Ghostbusters remake with women, <laughs> but instead it's lit women with men, and it's lit men, yeah. and it stars it stars like iced tea, <laughs> iced tea. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Ice T. Obviously, the Beastie Boys, the the two remaining Beastie Boys, are living up in that big house next door. I, Ice T takes over the role of um, Tertia Ronan. <laughs> Who else is lit? Who else is lit? Um, well, I was thinking more of just like going down the dude pro comedian route. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So you get Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got no, no, no. We'll we'll go with like Josh Hartnett and people like that. Oh, that, those kind of those kind of people, right? Yeah. So you got Ice T, Josh Hartnett, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Ashton Kutcher. Ashton, oh, yeah, Ashton yeah, Kutcher yeah. Ashton is Kutcher. Beth. Yeah. Um, everyone will be sad when the handsome one dies but then it turns out that they've all been punked and he's not actually dead yeah <laughs> he appears at the end surprise yeah. surprise you're on camera <laughs> um yeah <laughs> who plays who plays the mum that went away to... Laura Dern can do that so Laura Dern we, we keep Laura Dern on yeah yeah I, I she, love, she can stay I, I love her in this, by the way. She's brilliant. She is fantastic. She's a hundred percent Laura Dern, and I love her for it. Yeah, she's really good. Really and again, good. she was so Perfect good that role. every time she was on screen, it made me forget about all of the things we talked about, all of the inconsistencies, and all of that stuff. I was just like, yes, I am fully engrossed in her being this mother figure. Yeah, she really plays it perfectly. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, back to our bullshit. Back to our back to our bullshit. Um, who's the, who's the dad? Who's the dad? Um, or how about Morgan Freeman? He's he's lit and old. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's the dad. Yeah, he's so wise. He's really sad when Ashton Kutcher dies. He's wise, but also really cool. Yeah. And it's it's set like now, isn't it? It's not yeah, set back in the Civil uh, War t- days. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of bros hanging out. They're just flat. No, 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 no. Instead of the Civil War, it's set during the console wars of the 1990s. Oh, there you I go. love it. And it's I about them it. all like playing video games. And Laura Dern is a Nintendo exec who has to go off to Japan. And that's yep. why she's away. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah. That that that's that's what happens. And she gets really really ill, and um, Ice T's girlfriend has to go out to Japan and help her. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. Um. And then she brings her back as a surprise, and she brings them the new N sixty four, and they're all like, "Oh yeah, you're the best mum ever." <laughs> that's that's just how it ends. It's just them hanging out playing Goldeneye. Yep. Ashton Kutcher chooses odd job because he's a fucking cheat. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ice T chooses Jaws. Yeah. And only uses the slaps. And he still wins. <laughs> this is one of the worst ideas we've ever had. <laughs> we've had some terrible ideas. This is definitely this is really the worst bad. idea we've ever had. <laughs> hey, Netflix. If you're listening. If you're we listening. know you listen every week. How would you like to make lit men? I think we asked Greta Gerwig to direct them. <laughs> she would nail it. That's she the would, thing. She'd be really good at it. She I would, think she could do anything. She would really nail it. She, I think she's very, very talented. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what she does next. Um, and I like, I like her as an actor as well. She was in all these yeah, Mumblecore films. Yeah, she was in all of the Mumblecore. She mumbles. She like mumbled the pro. core. 
um but yeah so um so yeah so i am excited about about what she's got in store i think the next thing that she's down for i'm not sure if it's been confirmed um is the barbie live action movie no way yeah that's incredible um written by her and by noah baumbach who is her man partner um and then i think at the moment it's margot robbie down as the lead that's incredible um I'm almost as excited about that as I am about the Monopoly movie that may or may not happen. The Monopoly movie? You know, you don't know about this? The live-action movie of the game Monopoly. Monopoly film adaptation to star Kevin Hart. Jesus Christ. This is real. I don't know if it's I've, ever actually gotten off the ground, but it's... I've just, I've just looked at it. The movie centers on a boy from the game's modest Baltic Avenue on a quest to make a fortune. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, because it's American, it'll have all the stupid American names for the places. I can't deal with that. <laughs> Look, it's Mayfair, Park Lane, and the Old Kent Road. Yeah. The Strand. That's what we yep. want. None of this, none of this bullshit. <laughs> Written... It's written by Andrew Nichol. What the fuck? Who's he? What did he write? So he's the guy who wrote Gattaca and the Truman Show. No way. <laughs> Jesus Christ, really? I'm very here for this. I want this to happen. I want it now. Oh, I'm very scared. They'll make a movie out of any old shit, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, come and make Lit Men. <laughs> Lit Men is, is definitely... Could it be any worse than the Monopoly film? That's what you have to <laughs> exactly. ask. Exactly. We made Battleship. We're making Monopoly. How about oh God, Lit Battleship. Men? <laughs> Could it genuinely Lit Men would be better than... What was that when we watched? Secret Obsession? That was a Netflix film. Oh, Secret Obsession. Yeah, exactly. That was terrible. Is it going to be better than Secret Obsession? It is going to be better than Secret Obsession. Come on, guys. Because it's take lit. A punt on, take a point on Lit Men. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually feel kind of dirty having talked about this. <laughs> well, what they need to do is to do a litmus test. Oh god! And film a couple of scenes of Ice T just like playing Mario Kart or whatever. Send that round to the Netflix people, their test audience, and they'll go, "Yeah, this is lit. Make it." Um, that that that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. So, have you got anything else you'd like to say about Little Women? Um. Only that, what I've already said, really, the performances were great. Um, Really, really good cast that I think carried it despite all the flaws. And ultimately, I knew all the flaws you described were there, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I like it. It is a good film. There's no denying the competency here. But mm, I got a bit bored. And I feel as though the changes that they made didn't add anything. So... I won't be revisiting this, which is a shame because I was very excited about it. Um, yeah. I was very excited to watch it. It was good, but it wasn't lit. Yes, exactly. Um, so, right. Shall I give you a little bit of trivia? Sure. Hit me. So, so Amy's speech to Laurie um, was given to her by Greta Gerwig just a few minutes before they were due to shoot the scene and was written on a piece of scrap paper. Wow. Um, which, you know, fair play. I think that just shows the quality of, of, of Florence Pugh there. That's great. Um, she is she is amazing. Um, one of these days we'll watch Midsummer for this podcast. Midsummer. Uh, it is a very good film. I do actually um, quite want to see that. I've heard good things. 
And it's kind of about romance, sort of. Chew on it in. And also, yeah. also um, fighting with my family, in which she plays a wrestling woman, which looks yeah. looks really good and has the rock in it. So, yeah. So bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. Um. So um. So yeah. So so that wasn't an obviously it wasn't initially in the in the script. Um. But um. But they decided that you know it would add more to the film, and I think that's one of those examples where it did did add more to it which is good um so interestingly um meg was originally going to be played by emma stone hmm. but wasn't able to film because of scheduling conflicts with the favorite oh okay well i'm very very glad she did the favorite because that is a great film yeah that is amazing um so um yeah so we've got emma watson instead so obviously that is a converse of what happened with la la land where emma watson was going to be in la oh, la god land, yeah i forgot about that but to drop out for beauty and the beast which again, I'm glad we did because of Luke Evans as Gaston, which is a genuinely iconic <laughs> performance, and you refuse to, to admit it. No, I, I love his performance. It's the only thing I like about that film. Um, <laughs> it was uh, filmed entirely in Massachusetts, uh, aka the best state. Come fight me, America! <laughs> <laughs> it's got Boston. It's got yeah. It's got uh, got Salem. Oh yeah, it's got, yeah. It's got uh, that witch stuff. Yeah, it's got witches, it's got Boston. What more can you want from a state? A baseball team that's not the Red Sox? Sports! Come back to me when (laughs) your team wins something. Yeah. Blue Jays, more like blue hoorays, because we've got one point in the baseball. (laughs) Got one point in the baseball this year so yeah. far. The baseball that is not happening. <laughs> You're very good um, at doing sports insults. It's because you watch football. Because um, I watch the football. The football is back. Well, no German, German football, football is, is back. back. So even Which I know that. I love. I love it. I'm so glad to see a little bit of sport. You've been. Wa- have you been watching the German football? I have been watching the German football, but is it good? I also think it is good because German football is really good fun. Um, but I do think they need to be very careful because football is not more important than people's safety. Yes. It's uh, the least controversial comment on this episode. <laughs> that's contra- that's controversial to British culture. I suppose so. I suppose so. All the um, hogs who think that lockdown is over because the government said it is, even though the death rate is still going up. They're all like, we should bring back the Premier League right now. They're just salivating. They're foaming at the mouth, waiting for it to happen. Um, yeah, and I... No, you can't. They should do what Formula One has done, where the Formula One season's been postponed, and what they've done is they've got racers and various other people just playing the video game together and streaming it online. Yeah, base, we, baseball's been have, doing that as well. It's great. Yeah, why, why, have, why have we not had Premier League teams just playing each other? <laughs> On FIFA. Over, over FIFA. Yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Can um, um, can cars transmit COVID-19? Uh, they they uh, transmit COVID-19, which is much more dangerous. Yeah, you've got to watch out for that. I don't think Formula One coming back is a good idea. It slowly sends you into a car. That's actually what happened in Pixar's cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, is It was all a, all a terrifying virus that turned everybody into cars. Um, yeah, it's a very dark so, film, Cars. Yeah, 
it is it is um so um but yeah i, I can't be bothered with any more trivia we've got derailed with talking <laughs> car diseases um so uh so so shall i tell you what we've got next or no no no, we no, need no. To score we, it. let's we need to score it we need to score it so how many um mm, this is a difficult one uh how many little women are in your, <laughs> in your story? family? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, there are twelve little women in my family. Interesting. I thought you would be higher. Um, well, you've, you've getting... talked me around. See, all the shit you oh, talked I'm about sorry. it was true, and I couldn't deny it. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm only going to go one lower. Actually, I'm going to go eleven because this is a very competently made film. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about it, but for me at least... I'm going to revise my score up to a 13, so it averages out at a 12. Okay, there we go. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, so so we've watched a highbrow movie. Mm-hmm. We can't be having too much of that. On no, obviously not. What the fuck do you think we are? A proper film criticism podcast? No, we're here to watch bullshit as well as good films. <laughs> and come up with lit men. Then come up with lit men. Uh, so we're going to be watching up next. You're going to love it. We're going to be watching the spy who dumped. Yay! Me. I oh, is I, who's even in this? I think I saw a poster for it once. <laughs> so this is Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Oh yes, that's right. I think I mixed it um, up in my head with Spy, which is Jason Statham. Yeah, um, which is also a well. It's a very, very good film, Spy. Much better than people give it credit for. Oh, shit. Louis Theroux's um, cousin is in this. Bob Theroux. Yeah, Bob Theroux. <laughs> Bob Theroux. Uh, Justin Theroux, yeah. as he says. Justin Theroux. Yeah. No Theroux Road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, right, yeah. We're going to be watching The Spy Who Dumped Me. Sounds rubbish. I'm very excited. <laughs> you might be surprised you might not you'll have to oh, you, find out you've seen it before next time i have seen it before okay, i okay. really enjoy this film it's fucking stupid and i love it um but yes we will see if paddy agrees with me excellent very excited do you have anything else you want to talk about no that is it for me i'm gonna go just hang my head in shame over lit men <laughs> yeah me too I'm going to go listen to some iced tea and imagine that he's yelling at me for doing it. <laughs> he's, he's shouting at... Um, uh, <laughs> who else do we see? Like Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett is the Amy character. Josh Hartnett, he, he Ashton destroyed, Kutcher. Who's he, the other one? Destro- I can't remember, but he destroyed Ice tea's mixtape and that's why he's <laughs> furious. <laughs> yep. And Morgan Freeman's the dad. And he's just watching on as they shout. And then he's like, come on, stop, stop. Break it up, guys. Break it up. Yeah. There's only one way to settle this. <laughs> Rainbow Road. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope, as I have been saying on the last few episodes, I really hope that this is bringing you some comfort in these strange times that we're living in. And that you're enjoying watching stupid films and good films and everything in between and going on this ongoing journey with us. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, yeah. For me, at least, this has brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, um, me so too. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it's it's done the same for you as well. Yes, every, every week. It's the highlight of my week. No, oh, it's the same for me. Yeah. 
All right, and we will be back. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod, on the emails Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Always love to hear from you. Thanks for requesting films as well. I can't remember who it was who requested this a long time ago, but sorry, it took us a while to get around to it, but we do get around to them eventually. Yeah, sorry that we didn't like it as much as we might have done. Yeah. I do feel bad because it's it's good, but I, I'm bored. Bored. Give me spies <laughs> getting dumped. You, it's fine. They'll listen to people. it and they'll go, oh, Rob just likes explosions. It's fine. Yeah, Rob's a fucking disgusting MRA non-cuck. Rob likes what he likes. Incel. He's a hog. Incel scum. Yeah, an incel. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pig. Incel hog. Yeah, that's me. Like Pumba. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am Pumba. When I was a young incel. <laughs> when I was a young incel. <laughs> oh dear, we've got to save that for the Lion King episode. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week to talk about the spy who dumped me. All right, okay. bye-bye. Bye-bye. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the bone. Lord have mercy, how she even get them wretches on? That honky-tonk, but don't get gone.